is like an uphill climb, a continuous journey toward the peak. We all face our own struggles, each unique and challenging. In Romans 8.37, we are assured that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. With faith and with perseverance, we can conquer any uphill climb. Your journey may be tough, but victory awaits those who keep moving uphill. And everybody said together, it's good to see. Are you glad to be here this morning? I am, I am so, I, there is something, something inside of me that just, I just, I, I, I got to get it out. It's like God is doing something. I don't know if you've seen all over social media, there are like worship, um, spontaneous just worship um, services that are just happening. It's not a church service or anything. Down in Huntington Beach, I don't know if you saw it, down in Laguna, it's all over social media. You folks on Instagram? Okay. Facebook, it's everywhere. People are just like stopping in the middle of like a mall. I saw in the middle of a grocery store, people were worshiping Jesus. I, I, there was a sh- all these baptisms down in Huntington Beach. All just a bunch of young people started getting together, worshiping, and then anyone want to get saved? 10, 20, 30 people just out in the water getting baptized, man. It's just like Jesus revolution, it's happening. Why I bring that up is I just believe we are on the cusp of something huge that God wants to do. Another revolution for this generation and my generation, yours, ours, together, coming back to God. But not just coming to the Lord for the first time, but for those who have been following Jesus for a while. That Man, we just fall freshly in love with God again. That we truly have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That, that's so much what I want. And this series that we're down here in the last week of Jesus' life in Luke chapter 20, we're just, we just named it Uphill. Because it seems like every single thing that Jesus encountered, it was going uphill till he got to the hill to die for us. And that's where the victory was won. I, I, I want to encourage you today that when we walk, sometimes it feels like we're walking uphill against God or with God. Does it sometimes feel that way? He's with us every step of the way. And I want to encourage you, do not give up. I know there are moments in life when you just feel like this is not worth it. It's too hard. It's just easy to go back to the old life. And I just, I want so much for the Spirit of God to speak to us out of His Word about keep going. But we must choose. We have to choose to keep going. I think sometimes in Christianity we want magic. We want a magic pill. We want a magic prayer. We want some magic cantation. We want some magic anointing that God just, you know, somebody throws a handkerchief on us and man, we're just blessed or something like that. It just it doesn't work like that. And God wants us to keep pressing forward, but it's all just a matter of choice. God wants us to choose from the heart. I, I think there were some people, we're going to read here in Luke chapter 20, if you have your Bibles, verses 20 to 26. There were some folks who were so caught up in what Jesus did that they missed who he was. Are you with me? They were so caught up, oh Jesus, do another miracle. Jesus, do another sign. Jesus, do something magical. And Jesus, they missed, because they were looking for the signs and wonders, they missed who he is. He's God Almighty. We don't just come to the service just to, well, I'll just kind of tip my hat to God. Maybe I'll just come check it out. Maybe I'll just see what this is all about. He is God Almighty. He is the one true living God. There is no other God but Him. And He, 
I, I, I owe him everything. The only thing I can say to you, God, is thank you with gratitude in my heart that you saved me. Sometimes I choose me instead of choosing Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Choosing to follow Jesus, whether we are uphill or going downhill. That's, that's where I want so much for the Spirit of God to move on us. And we leave this place different than when we came in. When, when my son was, um, my firstborn son, Michael, when he was, how many parents we have here? How many, how many would-be parents someday you want to have kids here? How many grandparents do we have here? Okay, so for the, some of the grandparents, woo, yes, you're going to just, you're going to identify with this. Way. First steps of your son or daughter, right? First steps of your grandchild, they are like golden. I, I, will re- I remember when Michael took his first, very first steps. I remember what he was wearing. I remember the blanket that Laura had on the ground. I remember that vividly in my mind. And I just, I, I was so excited about it that when he started to just, you know, pull himself up, and I literally, I got down, I got down like this, and I said, Michael, come on, come on, you can do it. And I, because I wanted so much for him to choose to stand up and follow his father's lead. I, 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 when he gets older, I, I, when your kids are able to kind of run a little bit and you come home from work or come home from a long day and you say, come, come give daddy, come give mommy a big hug. That's awesome when they run to you. But what's even better is when you walk through the door and you don't ask, but they just run to you and they give you a big hug and they're grabbing onto your ankles and nothing's gonna let them go, right? It's all choice. It's choosing from the heart. God wants us to choose him from the heart. God said in Psalm 18, 24, we'll, we'll get to Luke in just a second, but Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad. Do you catch what he's saying in the word? Well, I feel like I should or if I'm having a good day, I will rejoice. If I'm feeling it, I will praise him. Jesus says, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Who made it? God made the day. So therefore, because God made the day, I will rejoice. He's the owner. He owns everything. He made everything. We are just managers of what he's given us. And I, along with you, I want to manage well. I want for us to steward well, to steward the day well. Finances, resources, heart, everything. I want to be able to resource it the way God has purposed for us to do that. And it's a matter of choice. It's not religion. It's not rules. It's not, well, we should or we ought to. Man, I want to because he's been so good to me. When we gave our, our boys their very first cell phone, I, 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 we held off as long as we possibly could to get them a cell phone. And um, so I don't, I don't remember if it was Christmas or it was birthday or something. But I remember when we wrapped it up and we gave it to them and whatever occasion it was. And I said, look, this is yours. Not really. I paid for it. It's mine. I own it. I'm just lending it to you. And the communications that will be indicted, therefore, are under my jurisdiction. <laughs> There's one or two parents that clapped on that one, right? Everything he has, I own it, but I'm loaning it to him and to them because I want to teach them to manage well. It's his to give, ours to manage. He gave us the day. 
I will rejoice because he, are you catching where we're going with this? This is so important because now in Luke 20, there are some, there are some, some evil people, evil hearted people that literally not just want to discredit Jesus. They don't want to just make him look bad. They want him arrested and they ultimately want him murdered. They want to kill him. And they looked at every opportunity they possibly could stop his ministry. Every crowd in every crowd there was some religious types. The religious people that followed rules and regulations and it was all about following the rule and they missed the heart. It's so sad. It was sad that these folks looked so religious but they missed the heart. Now I want you to see this crowd with me. Jesus is probably about Wednesday, Thursday into the last week of his life and there are crowds everywhere. There are still some who remember when he came down the mountain into Jerusalem. Remember waving the palm branches? Hosanna, you're here to save us. We've been waiting for you. You're here. There were a lot of people that were excited about him and believed that he truly was the Messiah. But they wanted him to be the Messiah. They wanted him to be to wipe out the Roman government and all the Roman rule because they wanted Israel to be the primary leaders. And they missed that Jesus came as a humble. That's why he came in as a donkey. He came humbly to show that he was the Messiah. Now, there were three basic groups of religious people there. There were the Pharisees, Sadducees, and then there were the Herodians. And it's interesting how we have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When we're going to read in Luke, the other Gospels give a different perspective on the very same encounter. So I just want you to see with me, there's three groups of people that are around Jesus, and then we're going to read the text. The, the Pharisees were the ones who were called the teachers, or they were the legalists. They were the ones that would teach the law. They would hold the law, and they would make up um, oral traditions that would go on top of the 613 laws that God said in the Old Testament for Israel to follow. And, and then, of course, there were the Sadducees, and the Sadducees were basically there only to follow the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They didn't believe in any miracles. They didn't believe in um, resurrection. They didn't believe in supernatural at all. They just believed the law. And then there were the Herodians. Those were all Jewish people, but they were worshiping Herod because they wanted political power. Do, 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 I just want you to see with me the context of all this. What's interesting to me is all three of these groups hated each other. They were completely divided. It would be like, you know, Baptist against Pentecostal or Presbyterian against Methodist. You know, we wouldn't say those things, but sometimes we have those beliefs in our mind and we separate ourselves. These three groups were separated, but they unified under one vision, and that was to kill Jesus. I, 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 I don't want to overemphasize it, but I just want you to understand with me that they hated him. It wasn't that they just disliked him. They were threatened by him. They were scared of who Jesus was because he demanded total surrender. I don't know where we came up with this easy believism thing where we just, we just check a card and just believe in Jesus. And I, I, I'm not saying that there's not an initial, yes, I believe. Yes, I repent of my sins. Yes, I surrender my life. That's, that's the first step. When we receive Christ, you're saved. But I don't know what we've done in this culture across our nation to make an American kind of Christianity that I don't see in the Old Testament. 
It's not just, well, I just checked that off the box and now I believe and I got my ticket into heaven and someday I'll be with him. It is a daily following him. It's a daily surrender. And sometimes, man, it feels like we're going uphill. That was the day that Jesus walked into right here in all three of these groups that hated him. And I love Jesus. I love him. He did not freak out. He did not react, overreact. Let's read the text and then I want us to get the principle that's so simple this morning out of this, watching for their opportunity. The leaders, religious leaders, catch these guys. They actually sent spies pretending to be honest men. And they tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? I think that's the way they talked. <laughs> just arrogantly, just, we're gonna get you. We know who you really are. Now look at this. He saw through their trickery and said, show me a Roman coin. Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, and I really think when Jesus talked, he, he, he wasn't, he was gentle in heart. He was compassion, but he was truth, right? Then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God? What they were looking for was a no. See, if, if Jesus says, oh no, you don't have to pay taxes to Caesar, we got him because he's breaking the law and we can arrest him. If, if he says, well, just give to the Romans and don't give to God, you're contradicting yourself, Jesus, because we know, according to the law, we're supposed to give 10%, actually the Jews, 33 and a third percent went back to the temple to provide for the work of God. That was Old Testament law. They had to do that. Do you, see what they're, do you see what they're trying to do here? So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer and they became silent. Jesus confronts this situation by asking another question. There are 187 questions that Jesus asked in the New Testament, which tells me Jesus knew exactly where he was. He knew exactly who was talking to him, and he knew exactly where he wanted to go with the conversation. Jesus wasn't trying to trick them. He was just trying to reveal, questions reveal where we are. So when he asks a question, what he's wanting, it's not for his benefit. Of course, Jesus knows the answer. He wants them to understand how evil their hearts are by answering the question. Does that make sense? I love Jesus for what he does and how he handles things. I just thought I'd put up here for, for just some background. Just This is what the coin looked like um, when Jesus said, um, give me one of those coins. This is Caesar's um, image on there. And on the other side, it was Hail Caesar. Um, I don't know if maybe some of you just love to dig into the word, but there's meaning behind this. What I wanted to just share with you real quick that 
literally, this says on the coin, and different generations have different insignias on the coin, but it says, Hail Caesar is Lord. So when you walked into the city gates, you literally had to say, Hail Caesar. Jesus, or Caesar is Lord. That's how much power he had. So that's why when Jesus says, we're not going to rile against the government. We're not going to cheat the government. We're not going to cheat on our taxes. We're going to pay our taxes, and we're going to give to God what is God's. I think it was hard for them to say in front of everybody, good teacher, because they didn't respect him. And the big question is, in verse 22, is it lawful to pay taxes you know, interesting, there was a land tax, which was 10%. There was an import tax, which was 5%. An income tax, 10%. And a poll tax, another 10%. That's a lot of taxes. I know we're just coming out of tax season. Um, what, what did the governor give us? An extra, like, three-month extension on our taxes? Was that, was that what he gave us? At least there's some relief there, right? But what do we do as believers? How do we handle this whole thing? He makes it really clear. Give to Caesar who is Caesar's. Obey the laws of the land. So he's talking about two things here. One is, there is an earthly responsibility. We have, as believers now, we have earthly responsibility to obey the laws of the land. Well, why do I have to do that? I don't agree with where my taxes are going. We could do this all day long, right? But bottom line, Jesus is saying, give to everyone what you owe them. And this isn't just for taxes. Aren't you glad you came today? Because it's all about getting out of debt, not owing anybody anything. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. And if revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. That's Romans 13, 6. So pay our taxes. Why do I have to do that? Because people are watching us. And if we are a good example of following the law, following the laws of the land, we will hopefully gain respect for Jesus' sake. So it's important that we follow the laws of the land. The second thing that I think Jesus is making super clear for us here today is we have now a heavenly opportunity. Why I put that heavenly opportunity rather than heavenly responsibility, it's not a responsibility that I live for God. It's an opportunity that we get to live for God every day. God's everywhere. God is working. He's in every situation. He's with you always. And so there are opportunities all day long that we get to practice holiness and righteousness and right living. And yes, we want to be responsible, but we want it to come from the heart. And that's why Romans 12, 1 says, I plead with you, Paul says, I beg of you, he says, Give your bodies to God because all, all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. It's not just about giving to Caesar a little bit of Caesar's and giving to God, giving my 10% back to God. That's wonderful. It's much more than that. It's more than just money. This is really not about money. This is about choosing to give my heart everything. He's the owner, we're the managers, right? Getting back to the illustration, it's my cell phone, but you get to manage it for a while. And don't you dare think about changing the passcode on that thing. <laughs> That's my passcode. Your whole life is worship. My whole life is worship. So here's the question I have. Where does this, where does this work for Monday morning? Where's this man? I gotta go to class Monday. I got all these things I gotta do. I'm trying to get out of debt. I'm, things going on at work. I just can't do this parenting thing right and trying to figure out this generation and working with younger people and working with older. And we got all these things. We got medical things going on and people in our life that sometimes harass. We got all these issues. What does it really mean Monday morning? What does it mean? What is Jesus really saying? 
There are neaters and there are feeders. What? This is, I, just, I just want to go a little bit deeper. With, just stay with me in this. How many of you love MVCC here? Yes. A little louder than that. You love, you love MVCC, right? That has nothing to do with me. That's to say all about you. You love MVCC. I love MVCC. The worship is amazing. Greeters are smiling. They're happy. Did the greeters, were they happy when you walked in? And, and, and we have now some parking folks that are smiling, greeting people. We want first impression to be about Jesus and life. And we really care about you. Communities here. How many of you love your life group? Man, it's becoming friendships and things are happening. And I'm feeling like I can lean into somebody and I'm growing in my faith. And I'm learning what it really means to read the Bible. I'm, I'm learning what it means to follow God and not be religious. And I am learning things about prayer. And my gosh, yes, of course we'll be at National Day of Prayer Thursday at 6 p.m at Florence Joyner Park because I'm learning that prayer is everything. Of course I'll be there. I'm learning about Bible and marriage and parenting. And even though I'm making mistakes and sometimes I feel like I take two steps backwards and five steps forward, I'm learning to be a disciple and there's nothing wrong with coming here and needing. But if all we do is stay in a needy place, we will miss the heavenly opportunity to give back what Jesus is talking about here. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God's what is God's. Our first reaction, I think, when sometimes we read that or we heard sermons on this or done Bible studies on this is, oh, just check it off the box. Give the 10% to 30% to taxes and give the 10% to God. That's, it, it's more than that. It's, it's more than that. It's about my whole life. It's about your whole life and the opportunity to spread heaven around wherever you are. It's about your whole life is worship to him. It's okay to receive. As, as long as these doors will be open, as long as we're here until Jesus comes, we will always be a feeder to those who need. And, and if you come here and just say, I just need, 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 we will give to you. We will give every single Sunday morning everything we got so that you can follow Jesus. That will never change. But I want so much for you, our entire ministry team, we want so much, not for us just to become followers of Christ, but to be a disciple who makes disciples, and that means watching for heavenly opportunities and surrendering everything. I, I am in love with vintage stereo stuff. When I was in junior high school, I had a Pioneer, old school, you know those old school Pioneer receivers, Yamaha, I guess there's one, one or two of you remember what this is. The receivers today are just like, if you go to Best Buy or look online, they're just not the same. Everything's all plastic, and it lasts for like a year. This was like Pioneer. It weighed like 85 pounds, and it just, it would last forever. So I found this one really cheap, so I bought it. I brought it home, plugged it in, lights came on, all that stuff, and I plugged some stuff in to get it working, and nothing. The power was on, but it didn't work. The receiver wasn't working, so it couldn't output what I wanted. I think for some of us, the lights are on. It seems like everything's working. We are receiving. Well, I'm coming and I'm receiving, but there's no output. God wants us to mature. He wants us to keep growing. And sometimes, yes, that means I got to go uphill. Because sometimes it means I got to say no to some things that I want. Or sometimes no to what somebody else wants me to do or thinks I should do. And God, no, I'm doing what you want me to do. 
I'll spend time in mission kids ministry because I believe pouring into a child's life is, is, is heavenly opportunity. I will, I will give time to a junior high or high school student being one of the leaders here because I believe it's pouring into heavenly opportunity and God is storing up all those things in heaven that really matter. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He doesn't want me to just sit on my spiritual rear and just receive for the rest of my life. He wants me to get, get up, get up, get up, do something for me. When, this is early on when we got married. Is before we went to Hawaii, um, I was asked to do a wedding at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. That way, right? The Ritz-Carlton down there. Big Ritz-Carlton. I'd never been there before. Heard about the Ritz-Carlton. And so they said, well, we want you to do our wedding. I said, of course, I'll do your wedding, whatever you want. And so we went there, and uh, at the rehearsal, they said, um, well, the wedding's, you know, tomorrow night. But uh, we got you a room. You and your wife can stay here at the Ritz. <laughs> I'm like, Laura guess what? We get to stay here. You mean out here on the courtyard? No, we get to stay in like a room. So when we walked in, this is, this is back in the day when, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but wall flat screen TVs had just become popular. So when we walked into the room, of course, you know, the mattress is like amazing. You just, when I get, Laura, flip this thing over. We got to find where this is and buy the same mattress. Looked at this incredible, you know, 50, that's back in the day, like 50 inch TV was like huge. And, and, and just in this room, it was just so much fun. So she went, she went down, I think she went downstairs to get another one of her packages or something with clothes in it and stuff. And she came back, came back in the room and I was jumping on the bed. <laughs> Two little monkeys jumping on the bed. She goes, you need something, don't you? I said, yeah, I just want your attention. I think sometimes we do that with God. I think sometimes we just, we need, we need, we need, we need. And God is saying, there is a time I want you to continue to grow up now. Grow up. God is saying, grow up, grow up, grow up. And that means I have to step out, even if it means I have to go uphill when I don't want to. Sometimes serving God is hard because it means I have to say no. Or it means I have to deny myself. Well, I don't really have time. If you don't have time to give in that moment to somebody who needs something from God, you may miss God putting something back into your life that's absolutely amazing. I just believe church life is not just what I get, it's what we give. Well, I didn't really get anything out of church today. That's funny to me. I don't remember going to the bank and saying, could I get more than I put in? It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, does it? I'm not trying to lay any guilt on anyone here. I just, there's so much reward when we have this mindset of heavenly opportunity. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Obey the laws of the land. Pay your taxes. It's a good thing. Be honest. Do what God told you to do. But I want you so much to see it's bigger than that on God's side. I want you to give everything. I want you to be a cheerful giver. And we're not just talking about money. We're talking about cheerfully giving your whole life to God. It's, it's all about him. It's all about knowing him. It's all about his power. He is the great one. He is the one that is not beyond the shifting shadows. He is the one that will never change. No one will impeach him. There is no one before him. There is no one after him. And he says, I want you to serve me. When you serve people, you're serving me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Corinthians church was so messed up. And, but I just want to read a few verses here that just really... I think kind of encapsulate what we're talking about, about giving to Caesar and giving to God. Are you with me? 
Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. You know we're not about that here at MVCC. You know my heart. You know the, our, our ministry heart. We don't, I don't want anyone to give or do anything. They just, well, we should, we ought to, or we feel pressured. No, I want you to want to. Reluctantly in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Isn't that great? And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. One more. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resource and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. That's what I want us to get. That when we give back and we see heavenly opportunity and we do something for someone else, there's a blessing that actually comes back. I think one of the reasons that God sent me here was to beat the OC out of us. And the OC is get, get, get. Me, 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 me. You remember that song we sang when we were kids? That, what's it called? That scale song? Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right? Do, re, mi, fa, so. You can sing with me. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Do, re, mi, me, 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 me. Don't we do that? Pastor Mike, you make life all about me. I make all life all about me, what I want, what I deserve, what I'm entitled for, what makes me comfortable, what I want. It's all about me, 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 me. Do, re, mi, fa, so, 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 so. Don't want to make life all about me, 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 me. Can you do that? Where'd you go? Where'd Brett go? You're supposed to. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 so, so. Life's not all about me, 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 so, because he's been so good to me, because he's so good, because he's so loving, because he never remembers my sin, because he's so good. It's not all about me. If you don't remember anything from this last 22 minutes, just remember that, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, right? That's it. I don't want to make life all about me, and it's so easy. Well, how do we do this? I get into the Greek and the Hebrew and got to figure this out. There's nothing to figure out. Just be nice to people. Be kind. I was driving down the road, and there was some, I could tell it was a person who was single by themselves, and they were by the roadside in the flat tire, and I'm like, I'm too busy. And the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, go back. And the very fact that I went back and asked, do you need some help? They said, oh, no, AAA is coming. I said, oh, just, well, I'm glad that it's all worked out for you. There was something that happened in me because I took extra time for someone else. It's not about me. Me, 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 me. You never know what you have until you show a need that's bigger than you. That's God. So I got a last, one last question here. Do you and I really want to spend the rest of our life just receiving? I don't. That's boring. Christianity almost becomes a detriment. When, when my wife and I were serving junior high students at MVCC many, many years ago while we were going to school, there was a girl that came in on a Wednesday night, 
and I will never forget her face. She came up after one Wednesday night, things were all done, and she came up and she said, and this big smile on her face, and she said, I just, I just want to do something for God. I will never forget that image as she found her husband years later here at Missionville Christian Church as they heard the call to go to Asia and serve the people there as missionaries. I will never forget her coming up and said, I just want to do something for God. Nobody asked her to do that. Nobody said, come up and say, I want to do something for God. It just happened out of the Holy Spirit. Maybe God's Spirit is reminding you today, I love that you're receiving. You can, you can receive until the day I come back. But now I want you to step into a new realm. I want you to step into a new dimension of knowing me. And that's by giving back. So, number one is this. I want to make a decision. I want you to make a decision to honor the laws of the land. And, and, and I have to say that because I think for some of us, we cut corners and we cut through and we justify and no, I'm going to pay my taxes. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to follow the rule. It's good. God knows. God cares. He sees. And he will, as the word says, give us back even more. I believe that. And then choose this day whom we're going to serve. Who we're going to serve. The world, money, or God. I'll just finish with this and then we'll have some communion time together. We have a wonderful ministry here. There's lots of good ministries here. Um, one of them is Mission Kids. And um, Pastor Becky's leading that ministry. And I thought this was really cool. 23 new leaders in 2023. Did you, did you know that last Sunday we had, the Lord brought us 100 Brian was 114 children last Sunday, right? right? 100, 100, what? 125? Oh my gosh, that's, that's even better. Look, we got to take care of our little ones. And we have folks who said, I'll serve. I'll, I'll get outside myself. I'll do it. And here's the deal. What I love about this, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten. There's 12 more spots open. There is a classroom ready to go right now. Because of your financial giving over last year, you know, you're such good givers. I love what God is doing here. We were able to renovate our whole children's ministry and our student ministry department right behind me. And there's a classroom right now that's totally like ready to go. It's all furbished. It's got everything. But we don't have enough leaders to serve the kids. And I'm not telling you that to say, well, you ought to and you should. And we really need you to do it because we got to open this class. No, I want it to come. I want it to come from here. Right. And to let you know, there's spots open. Right now, there are junior high and high school and young adult students that need a mentor. They need a big brother, big sister. They need leaders in their life. And right now, they're about 10 short. Now, I'm not saying that because these ministries aren't going to fail, but they're not going to be as high-powered unless we have some folks who are saying, you know what, I'll step in. I'll step in because God, God has been so, 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 so good to me that I'm not making it about me, 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 me that I'll give back because it's so fun. Isn't it fun serving God? Isn't it fun giving back? God, we just thank you so much for this text reminding us that it's not about the money, but we know that money, the love of it, 
the greed for more and more can take us down a wrong path, God. And we want so much to follow the way you lead us. So help us, God, here at MVCC. Just be responsible for what you've given us. Pain Caesar, what is Caesar? And God, even more so, giving back to you our whole life. I just want to say thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's just a few minutes here I'd like us just to spend before we close the, this portion of the service. And um, right in the seat back in front of you, Jesus gave us something 2,000 years ago where he gave the disciples the wine and he gave them the bread. And he literally took it in his hands and he said, guys, I want you to take this. I want you to eat this. And I want you to drink this because I'm leaving and I want you to remember me. I want you to remember him and what he did. There was a movie that was out a few weeks ago called um, His Only Son and didn't get much attention, but I happened to go watch that movie. It is simply about Abraham and his son Isaac and how God told them to take his one and only son up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice. And in that moment, this movie captured the struggle. Do you want me to take my son? And that is such a beautiful picture that at the very end, at that moment when he was going to sacrifice his son, the angel stopped him. And Jesus so wanted him to know, I got you, Abraham. I got you. And I think there's just a moment here when we remember that the father gave the son. He says, I got you. So Lord, as we just have a few quiet moments, just to remember what it's all about you, I pray, God, we don't get so caught up in what we want you to do, but simply who you are, God. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m., We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.